welcome to the podcast. You've got and this is Vaughn. And we have got, I actually don't know what we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> we're kind of behind on all of our stuff. Uh, we haven't done any research. We haven't done anything. We've been kind of out of it this week. Yeah, this one's going to be kind of shooting from the cuff here. So oh, we're not sure how this is going to go. But we're yeah. going to try. Yeah, we have no idea where this is going to go. Um, anyway, we'll do our best. So um, let's start off by telling what we did this weekend. Or we had a little mini vacation. And when I home. say mini, I mean mini. We just stayed overnight. Right. Left out on Friday afternoon, came back Saturday afternoon. Nothing major. But it was good to get away from home for a little while, get the kids out of the house for a little while. And it was it was a good time being away. Did, uh, did we see want to some, tell where we went? Or? Got to see some, I guess you could call them extended family. Um, when our two kids were born. Uh, Nan and Papa pretty much kept them from the time Cricket went back to work after having our first child. Right. So growing up, that was always Nana and Papa. That was their uh, their secondary grandparents. Right. Uh, we got to go up there this weekend and got to see Papa. Right. And we haven't seen them in probably two years. At least two. Years. At least two years. And the moment we walked into the house and Paul saw the two kids, they came up to him and hugged him. And that look on his face made the entire trip worth everything. Now, I want you to picture this guy. He's in his late 50s. Yep. Bald-headed, got a beard, kind of a man's man kind of guy. And he saw this little 12-year-old girl walk in after not having seen her. And that her, little boy. And that little boy after not having seen them in two years. And he just, he was done. He broke down in tears. He broke down in tears. It was so sweet. I mean, he was just, just so fulfilled with tears of joy. Yeah. I mean, just to seeing that on his face. And then they made fun of me because I saw Papa tearing up, so I started tearing up. <laughs> it was so cute. And one of the girl, one of his girls, were like, "Y'all are so sensitive," and I'm like, "I can't help it." <laughs> <laughs> I see somebody crying. I know what it's for. It makes me want to do it too. But, but I remember looking at Cricket and telling her that that right there made the entire drive and the trip there completely worth it. Yeah, because it was about a three-and-a-half-hour drive, I guess, to get to where we went. Yeah, about three-and-a-half. Okay, so um, about three-and-a-half hours. Like I said, we just stayed overnight. Um, we got a hotel room for the night. We never do that sort of thing. No. It was just, it was neat. Yeah, it was It was nice. I mean, We just, don't ever have time to go out of town. No, because we we're always working, and our schedules never line up. And then, you know, I, I work till um, 6 o'clock every day, so that leaves us not enough time to go do anything on Friday night. So basically our only day is Saturday. And right. this week I was able to leave work. My boss let me leave at like two o'clock. And so we actually were able to get on the road and get to where we needed to go in time to go get something to eat. We had time to take our time getting to our vacation spot. Right. I mean, it was, it was nice. It was nice. And it's funny because one of our main reasons, another main reason we were going down there, well, the main reason was just to get away from home for a little while. Right. 
we were going to go down there and go down by the river and everything, do some Pokemoning and stuff like that. And that's probably about the only thing we didn't do at all the entire time. I'm going to tell them where we went. Yeah, we went to Waco. We went to Waco. We used to live in Waco. We basically went back home for a day. Yeah. And we, we typically when we were living in Waco, every weekend we would go down to the Brazos River and we would play Pokemon because there is so many Pokestops down there. Um, so many people. So many people. One of my favorite things that happened when Ooh. we were down there at the bridge, because when you... Um, when you're hatching an egg in Pokemon, it, if, if you don't play Pokemon, none of what I'm going to say is going is to make sense. sense to you. But if you play Pokemon, you know that you can hatch eggs. And when you hatch an egg, the little egg shows up on your screen and it goes, oh. And so we were down there um, by the river one, by the one suspension evening. Bridge. And this was right after Pokemon had you know, gotten really big. Really taken off. And we were down by the suspension bridge. And we heard somebody go, There was oh? a girl. That yeah, was it was, walking across it was the a girl that bridge. was walking across the suspension bridge. She goes, oh, and then like 30 other people go, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, like all over the place. She just started giggling. It was funny. It was really, it was really <laughs> cool. And it's neat how Pokemon kind of brings people together because you go on, on these little raids, you know, there's special places that you can go where you can go raid and get special Pokemon. And you know, we've met all kinds of people. Yeah. Doing these raids, just random strangers. We would get in groups, and we'd be like, "All right, we're gonna go fight this Pokemon." And some of them would take twenty people to beat it, right? And and we would go all over town. We would coordinate these raids and and go all over town uh, raiding for these Pokemon. And it seems so silly to to think of it being a kids game that that us adults are playing, but I think more adults play, play it than, than anybody else than kids. Yeah, because I mean, kids can't hop in a car and go out to a raid. Adults can. Right. People of age can. But And we've been playing Pokemon now for what, five or six years? Yeah. Since it but, came out. But it it gives us something that we can all go do as a family. Right. You know, and it gets us we out actually, of the house. We actually got the kids their own phones so that we could, could go pl- play Pokemon yeah. together. Because we got tired of them saying, Can I play Pokemon on your phone? And I think Pokemon is the number one reason why we end up getting them That's their exactly. own phones exactly. at such a young age. Yeah, because Parker had—I mean, uh, Parker had one at seven. I think he had a phone at seven years old. So, if not younger. If not younger. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that we did, and uh, they have enjoyed playing along with us. Now the only problem is. We can't get my son's Pokemon to work on his phone right now because something on his phone has clocked him at less than 13 years old. And we cannot get that fixed. So if anybody has any ideas on how we can recover, we his, can account. recover his account, because we had been logging him in with a Google account that he had, and for some reason it's not even given us the option to log in with a Google account. No. And I, and I don't understand it. It's it's really irritating. We even started him up, because he was like up to level like 25 or 26 mm-hmm. with one account. Lost it. Couldn't recover it. Started a new one. Got that one up to about 17 or 18. And now we can't and, hook up to that one either. Right. So, so I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know either. So anyway. So if there's any suggestions, just let us know. Please. We uh, While we were in Waco, we went back to the good Walmart. I wish we had gone back to the good H-E-B. Yeah. That's the only thing we didn't do while we were there. Aside from not going Pokemoning, we, we didn't go to the good H-E-B. But, oh, we had some good meals while we were there. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, I don't know if you guys know a whole lot about Waco, but, you know, that's where the silos are for Magnolia. Chip right. and Joanna Gaines. Um, we've never met Chip and Joanna. We have seen them um, at the movie I theater. ran into Chip at the theater. It was just Chip and Chip all and their the kids. kids. This is when they when they just had, like, four kids. Yeah. And uh, didn't didn't bother them because, no. you know, he was out with his kids. Why would you go bother somebody? I just said hi, and he said hello, and that was all about all it was. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we, we don't know them or anything, but we didn't really get a chance while we were living in Waco to go by Magnolia very much. That's just not something we did. When you live in the same town as something, you tend to not go to it. Right. And, uh, but while we were... Well, I think while we were still living there, the restaurant part that we went to, it's not by the silos. No, the silos is downtown. That's just a little bakery and a gift shop. Right, and then but the restaurant we went to, they were it was still under construction when we were still living there. Right, we I think they opened up maybe two weeks before we moved. Yeah, maybe somewhere around there. Maybe, and then um, we went there and had breakfast. Had to wait an hour or so for the table, but it was worth it. The pancakes, oh, oh everything, my was goodness, wonderful. the pancakes were literally the size of a plate, and the plate was a big plate, and we had eggs and bacon and biscuits and. I had breakfast tacos that were amazing. Yeah, the breakfast tacos were good. The hash browns were good. I've never had rolled up hash browns. Nope. They they kind of look like a... Look, you Southerners know what I'm talking about when I say it's a round hush puppy. That's what these things look like, was little round hush puppies. But they were hash browns. Yeah. And they were really good. I actually thought they were hush puppies when they brought them to the plate. I was like, why would they put hush puppies on breakfast? And we and ate. That's when I was reminded that it was not hush puppies, <laughs> that those were puppies. hash browns. But they were good hash browns. They were good. So we also went to this other place called Tajun. Yes. T E J U N. Like Texas, Texas Cajun. Cajun. Texas Cajun. And it was, I had some of the best shrimp I have ever had at any location ever of all time at this place. And not very often. Do we go out and eat, and our son eats all of his food? That's true. Now, he's granted, very he didn't picky. eat fries because he, he's weird. He doesn't like fries. But he got shrimp, and he was like, there's not enough shrimp on here. Yeah. <laughs> That's was, how much he it liked it. It was really good. And, and he's he's funny about food. Very. He's very funny about... Particular. Like, my daughter my daughter's very funny about textures, and my son is, is very funny about just food in general. Then we also went to Saltgrass. Mm-hmm. Had a that we don't have a Saltgrass in the small town in which we live. Right, there's not one real close that's feasible to get to. So we went there to eat to make sure we got some food there. And it was really good. What else did we do? Oh, we went and hung out at the mall for a while. Hung out at the mall. Got to go to Cabela's and Five Below and the World Market and all that kind of stuff. It was really yeah. neat. And it was fun just kind of getting back home. Yeah. You know, it, it was neat. And, and I, it was really irritating to me because I kept having to use my Waze app to get around town. But there's this huge construction product project right yeah. down the middle of I-35, right in the middle of Waco. It shuts off like four exits. Right. And it, it's wild how much the town has changed just in the couple of years that we've not lived there. Right. I would hate to be still living there right now, just having to drive through all that crap on a right. daily basis. Because uh, it takes you, the, the construction takes you completely off the highway. You have to drive down the frontage roads for a couple of miles. 
Well, of course, then again, too, when we lived there, where we worked, we could have avoided all that by just taking the loop around. So mm-hmm. That's true, and that's probably exactly what we would have done. Of course, when they started that construction a long time ago, the loop got overcrowded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. Because everybody a, was trying to avoid it. And there's a stop sign in the middle of the loop, like down this major road. There's just there's a four-way stop where it should be an overpass because right. of the way the loop is set up, but they have it done as a four-way stop. So it always got congested at that four-way stop. Yeah, very It bad. was terrible. So we went to the good Walmart. Our Walmart here in town is kind of in the middle of a chaos Deal. Yeah, they're doing remodeling and different stuff like that there, moving stuff around. It was so funny because we met your sister there last week, and she was freaking out. She doesn't do well yeah, with Yeah, she did not like the change at all because she was like, and if you're looking for this, it used to be over here, but now you can go get that and diapers all at the same time because they moved it over there, and I'm just, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. <laughs> she was pretty, she was very stressed out. She was very, and she didn't get half the stuff that she wanted. No, because she was like, screw it. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm going home. It was so funny. <laughs> She's like, my husband can come back later and get it. <laughs> we'll have to do it out. We were looking through, or I looked through some of the plastic that they had up, and they've, they've dug a trench down the middle of one of the aisles, um, and they're digging up, like, the water lines. Yeah. So there must be something wrong yeah, with some of the water lines. water line bust or something. Right, and they have to replace it in there. But I think they're also going to be doing some... They're going to probably reset the store at the same time they're doing right. this. Because, you know, it's a good idea to reset the store every once in a while so people don't get complacent on where things are. Because that's the whole thing about product placement is you move stuff around to force people to wander through the store to find what they're looking for. Impulse buys, baby. That's the name of the game. They know that like one of, the, one of the most common things they sell at grocery stores and stores like that is milk. And bread. And milk, that's bread, why, and butter. But that's why milk is always at the far back corner. Because mm-hmm. they want you to walk past everything else to get to that milk. So that you're, you start shopping with your eyes. Exactly. They and put we it right do at the that. Front. Oh, we shop bad with our eyes. It's we, like, ooh, pretty colors. Put it in the box. Put it in the buggy. <laughs> We're bad about just walking down an aisle with our arms out and seeing what falls into the buggy. Like, well, if it sticks, we take it. <laughs> but that brings me to another point that I, I've, I've been wanting to talk about. Um, and, and I keep, we always, we, we keep getting away from this subject. So I, I had to remember to write it down so we would talk about it today. The way we do our budget. Right. And this is something that I think everybody should do. No, I'm teasing. But it, it's, it's something we've never done before. Um, we have a bad habit of... Spending the money we have. Before we pay all of our bills. Before we pay all, all of our bills. Or just spending the money we have, period. And we were, um, when we worked, when we lived and worked in Waco, we were paid on a monthly salary. So it was easy to pay your bills off. You just paid them all at the first of the month. And you're done with it. And then you're done with it. And whatever's left over, that's how much money you've got for the rest of the month. And you can just kind of do that out. Well, in the years since... We've gone from being paid every two weeks to being paid every week to back to being paid every two weeks to not being paid at all. You know, there's just been a whole lot of upheaval. And Changing. Yeah, and it's thrown us off of our game as far as controlling and managing our money. Right. And I'm not going to lie, it's put us in a bad situation. A couple of more times. More than once. Yeah. Yeah. But we've gotten out of it because we, we're more steady now where cricket gets paid every two weeks. I get paid every week. Right. 
And so we have certain bills that are come out of my check, certain bills that come out of hers. Certain bills that are automatic drafts and certain bills that we ha actually have to pay. And what we actually did is instead of saying, okay, the check we get this Friday is going to go for the car note. The check we get next Friday is going to go for the electricity bill. The check we get the Friday after that is going to go for the house note or whatever. You know, people take their their weekly paychecks and they use it to pay a chunk. And pay that, one or two bills at a time. One or two bills at a time. Well, what happens if you have a week where several bills hit and you can't afford it? So what we did every... Friday or Saturday, whenever we have the time, whenever we're together, we sit down, we find out how much we got paid that week, and we break down our bills based on how many paychecks we have until they're due. For example, let's say we have a electricity bill that's due in three weeks. What right. we do is we take the total amount of the electricity bill that's due, and we divide it by three. And then we go on the website and we pay a third of that bill this week. And then next week we'll pay a third of that bill. And then the week after we'll pay the last third. And what that's allowing us to do is it has allowed us to have a more, our paychecks flow a little better. Right. We're not out chunks of money. We don't have to worry about, well, what happens if this paycheck hits the day after this bill is due? Is it going to be automatically drafted? Because we've already planned for that. Yeah, and just like there's one bill that we they it won't let us pay on by the week. And so we know we've got a month to pay that one. And so instead of, so we don't screw up, we'll take that money, okay, well, however many weeks it is, divide that out by four weeks, I don't know how much it is. And we just transfer that money into savings. into savings. And then when it's due, we just put it all back and pay it. Exactly. So we're not surprised by any of our bills because we're paying them weekly. And because we pay just a little bit more than what we need to pay every week, even if it's just 5 or $6 more, we've gotten ahead on all of our bills. Yeah, and, and when we started this... We were, we, we were, were so far behind. On everything. Oh, my gosh. And, and it and, was getting very stressful. And let me tell you guys, this is not Vaughn's fault, but I was doing all the bills. And I was so stressed out, he couldn't figure out why. And then he sat down with me. Go ahead. And we figured it out. And then now that we're doing it this way, it took us about three or four months of this. Mm -hmm. But that's all it took. It was three or four months. Right. It was very quick. And then just like that, we are ahead on every single thing. Because like when we go online to pull up the account to pay on it, it says amount due, zero. Mm -hmm. Next payment due date. Like we've got one that I know we paid today. It says the next payment was due on like August the 20th or something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we are like, we're doing much better and it's taking a lot of pressure off. And let me tell you. Sitting down and doing this together as opposed to just one of us doing this, it's brought us closer together as a married couple. Right. It has helped lighten the load on me because I didn't like having to do this because it put me in the situation where I knew how much money we had. I was the one carrying the checkbook around. And so when the kids wanted something, Vaughn would look at me and say, can they get it? Because... 
I was the one. Because I didn't know what was in there. He didn't know what was in there. And so it put me in the position of always having to say no. And I hate being in that position. And I was the one where if there was something I wanted, I wouldn't buy it. Because I didn't know if we could, could or not. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a good place for me to be in either. So now it's more of a... We're sharing the load. Sharing the load, yes. And it's we know how much is in there. So... And, and I got to say, it's not Vaughn's fault that he was not sharing the load. This, this is from back when we worked in Waco. There was no need for him to share the load because... Of what we were making. What we were making, how we were making it, the fact we were paid once a month. I just went ahead and bam, paid all the bills on the first and then didn't have to worry about the rest of it throughout the year or throughout the month. And so there was no need for him to jump in. Because it was all taken care of. But having to pay everything weekly and make sure that I had enough from each weekly paycheck to pay a monthly bill, that was really stressful on me. Right. That was, and it was, it was really, it was affecting our marriage, I think. Yeah, I think it was. (laughs) But we're finally back on the same page. We're helping each other out. But I still can't spend money on myself. (laughs) Well, that's because you have some weird mental block. Not because we don't have it. Right. But, I mean, I could go to a store, <laughs> spend several hundred dollars on my wife and my kids and not think twice about it, and then see something I want that's 10 bucks, and I would feel guilty for buying it. So, because so, of that, and let me tell you. She makes me tell her things that I want or that I like or I might like to have so that... When she's feeling froggy, she can go buy it because she knows I'm not going to go buy it for myself. Let's back up a little bit. I'm not making you tell me things. I would like for you to tell me things. However, let's be honest with our listeners here. You've been telling me for years things that you liked and wanted, and I just haven't listened. And that's not fair to you. And I realize that here very... Vaughn and I have been married for 13 years and I realized here within the last six months that I have not been listening to him the entire time we've been married. <laughs> this sometimes, is recorded, right? <laughs> sometimes. So we can go back and listen to it for proof? We, we, I'm going to post it where everybody can listen to it for proof. Okay. But sometimes you realize things about the other person and about yourself in a marriage. And you realize you've not been doing things correctly. And... I have not been listening to Vaughn. I, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the five love languages. Uh, my love language is acts of service. And it's not listening. <laughs> my, uh, my love language is acts of service, so I like it when people do things for me. Um, my, uh, let's see, Vaughn's love language is gifts. So he's really good at buying other people gifts, but he's... He also expects other people to buy him gifts. And I don't expect people I, I, to buy I, I, me gifts. That, okay, so that came out wrong. He, I, I enjoy getting He them. enjoys getting gifts. That's how you show Vaughn that you like Because like I was telling Cricket, you know, I was like, well, you know, because like, okay, like the other day I bought her one of those weighted blankets. Oh, oh and my now, gosh. now granted. I've slept like a rock ever this since. Is just, this is one of those things I've been looking for. Around Christmas time and her birthday, 
every year for the last two or three years. And around that time, I could never find one. And I happened to see one the other day. And I'm like, oh, we're getting this for you. And she says, but why? She goes, your birthday is the one that's coming up, not mine. I said, don't care. I've been looking for it for three years. I'm buying it. And so I went and got it. I mean, I made her get it. But, you know, and then like we were in Cabela's. And I have been putting money to the side for fun money. And had enough to buy any, pretty much dang or any gun they had in there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> I even told him, go get you a gun. And, and he said, there's not one in there that he wanted. Well, I didn't know if there was. I just didn't. I couldn't do it. Um, so she told me what I needed to do is figure out what kind of gun I want as far as caliber wise and stuff like that. And then she would take the money and go get it for me because if not, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> But it's just going to have to be going through and figuring out what caliber I want. Because the last few that I bought, I make sure I get a caliber that I don't already have. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because I do like to go hunting. And every couple of years or so, I'll take somebody down there with me. A friend or somebody like that. And I can remember back when I was, I was younger, probably about 16, 17... Uh, my older brother-in-law took me hunting one time. Mm -hmm. I went out to his house to go hunting. And I can remember him opening his gun safe up. He goes, which gun do you want to use? I was like, I don't know. So he showed me the bullets for each one. He goes, pick you out a bullet and we'll grab that gun. And he had like five or six, seven different things to choose from. And I thought that was so cool. And I wanted to be able to do that for somebody else. Right. And so, like, when I've gone out to the to the range with my with my nephew once, took him out there, basically took had all the bullets out, and said, "All right, which guns do you want to take?" And that's the ones we'll take. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's like, "I don't know if I want to take that one. I'm, I want to go home with my shoulder." <laughs> Vaughn's got a three hundred Win Mag. Yes, three hundred Win Mag that you could use for bear hunting, and somehow that's not a big enough gun. Yeah, because there's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly that's the only reason we didn't get him a bigger than a 300 win mag gun this weekend is because he hasn't quite got enough money saved up for that right it was a 338 lapua is what i was looking at yeah but we're working on it we're putting little bits back here and there and you know we'll get it taken care of but having said all of that part of me listening to vaughn is paying attention when he's walking through a store pointing at things and saying, ooh, that looks cool. So we walked It's like through. my little popcorn kettle thing you got. Yeah, I've been we, looking at one of those at Walmart for the last several weeks. It's this little bitty, looks like a Kool-Aid pitcher. does. But it's made for popping popcorn in the microwave. It's got a thing in the top where you put the butter in it, melts it down in there, and it pops the popcorn. And it's really good. And I've been mentioning, I've been paying attention, or I've been paying attention the last few times we've seen it. I'm like, hey, I want one of those. That looks pretty cool. But I never do get it because that's me. I can't. It's something I want. Don't want to spend money on it. But I came home from work one day this last week. And it's sitting on my chair in the game room with some popcorn. And I was like, <laughs> that's so awesome. 
and I've trying used to it, listen more. And I've used it several, several times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly trying to listen more. But while we were walking through Cabela's, uh, Vaughn was pointing at this, that, and the other thing that he really wanted, and I saw that he had, he stopped, didn't just point and look, but stopped to look at a meat grinder. And he's been saying. And I remember that he's been saying for years that he wanted a meat grinder so he could process his own deer. Right, last two years. Because two years ago, because I didn't get to go hunting this last year. Right, we, we just, there's just too much upheaval. Too much going on. Yeah. But the year before that I went, and I was like, I want to make hamburger meat. And I actually borrowed one from my brother-in-law. Right, and liked it. And, and liked it. Was, it. And it was easy to process and we the made deer. a lot of hamburger meat. We made that. a lot of hamburger we were, meat. We were eating on that hamburger meat for a year, I know. Yeah. And it was really good. And so I'm looking forward to getting back in the deer stand this year. And we're going to fill the freezer back up with some deer we steaks are. and everything because else. I Because we were on our way out the front door. And I, I a light bulb dinged in my head. And I said, oh my gosh. And so I told them to go on to the car. And I went back inside the store. And I got him that meat grinder that he had been looking for. And he flipped out. It was so cute. <laughs> he was like a little kid on Christmas. And I was able to give that to him, and it was it was really neat. It was happy birthday to me. It was happy birthday, because Vaughn's birthday is on Wednesday. It's on Wednesday. And I don't even remember how old I'll be. I was thinking about that the other day. You're going to be 44. Yep, 44. Yep. 44 on Wednesday. Getting old. That means mean, my check engine getting... light's been on for 14 years now. <laughs> what do you mean, getting old? Yeah, I am old. <laughs> Got a bum knee that I messed up about a month ago that hadn't gotten any better. Well, at least you're not limping on it anymore. It comes and goes. Comes and goes. You did pretty good this weekend, so that's all right. Yeah. Well, I knew we were doing a lot of walking, so a lot of it I was trying to hide because I didn't want you to feel guilty. <laughs> so the whole walking the river, and I was kind of, that's why you kept saying, well, it's not that hot. I'm like, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> See, these are all new things that I'm learning about Vaughn right now is that he hides things from me and he lies to me. <laughs> it's not, it, I did not lie. It was too hot. It was, it was 90 degrees, but in central Texas, 90 degrees is way different than 90 degrees in east Texas. Right. It's wildly different. It's a dry heat there. It's a, it's a much drier heat. Um, your sweat actually works in central Texas. In East Texas, it doesn't work because the air is so humid that your sweat can't work. Yeah. It's awful. Walk outside and feel like you're swimming through the air to get to your car. It's terrible. Oh, and I wanted, I do want to tell one little funny thing that happened the other day, though, before we went on our little vacation. I've not heard this story. Yeah, you have. Oh, I have? You have. Had to do with the kids. Okay. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I was sitting... In my game room, and our son woke up and went to the restroom, which is right behind my ch the hallway is right behind where I sit. And I hear him in there in the restroom, not paying any attention. And the next thing I know, I hear him go, "What the hell? What? God!" And I was like, "What is going on?" And then he walks out and looks at me, comes around my chair. He goes, why did you do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Why did you, what did you, why did you do that? I was like, son, I don't know what you're referring to. Please tell me. He goes, well, I kind of went to the restroom. And when I went to go wash my hands, I had a mustache drawn on my face. 
And I was laughing. And he, I was like, I promise it was not me. But he was like, then why are you laughing about it? I said, well, I'm laughing because it was funny. <laughs> I swear to you, I did not do that. And he didn't believe me. And then finally, our daughter came out, and she confessed to doing it. And I'm like, when did you do that? She goes, well, I went in his room last night, and he was like passed out of sleep. So I was like, huh. So I went and got one of my pens, and I drew a mustache on his face. He was so angry. But the part he was most angry about was the fact that his sister came into his room without his permission. Yeah, well... That's really does, the only get, thing he complained about. He does get mad about that. But he was he was saying he was going to eventually get even with her. So we're, we're waiting to see how that goes. I know we got to hide the permanent markers because he's not going to play nice. Because <laughs> she did that with a pen and now he's threatening to get a Sharpie. Right. So we're going to have to see how that goes. <laughs> but that made me laugh. I mean, it was just, <laughs> just thinking about her. I and mean, I, I could envision in my head my daughter walking in his room with a marker just creeping up on him while she's drawing on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried to tell him, son, this is what happens when you pass out first. Just make sure you don't do it while you're in college. Because that'll happen again and more frequently. But in college, they will use permanent markers. They will, and they'll draw all over your face. And it won't just be a mustache. And you're playing with the tiny Uno cards. So I wish you would not have gotten these for her. These things, I was, we were at a store that we used to always stop at all the time. And Cricket decided that she was going to go ahead and buy these Uno cards for our daughter because she wanted them. Because she likes playing Uno. But these Uno cards... No, let me tell you why she wanted that. We're, hold on. We're cramping my hand trying to play because they are no more than about two inches tall and about an inch wide. Mm-hmm. They're itty-bitty. They're hard to see. And I, I don't know. It just felt really weird. I didn't enjoy that at all. Well, the only reason that she wanted the tiny Uno cards is so that she could get the reverse card out of it and carry it around in her pocket pocket all the time. Her pocket. Her pocket. So she could carry it around in her pocket all the time. And when people said something stupid to her, she could just pull out the reverse card and throw it at them. Yeah. That's right back at you. Right. That's that's why she went because because our daughter is a little smart ass. And she learned from the best. Well, you know. I am wearing my sarcasm my sarcasm shirt today. Yeah, me sarcastic never. <laughs> so, um, we actually stopped while we were in Waco. Um, it was a pretty cool little little shop that we go to uh, to get some of our vaping supplies. Yes. We haven't talked about this on the podcast, but Vaughn and I vape, and i don't do it as much as he does he's doing it because he is getting off of dipping tobacco which is gross and nobody should do it but he dipped for a long time he dipped because he started dipping in high school while he was playing baseball superstition caught me superstition caught him and it actually did work it wasn't just superstition well tell him about that game because we go back to, all right, we can go back to my senior year in college. Uh, it was before season started. The school president came out to the field one day during practice. 
he saw a bunch of people out there dipping and spitting and everything, and he thought it was gross. So after practice, he told our coach that he didn't want to see anybody dipping out there on that field again during practice or in games. Mm-hmm. So they banned dipping. I started off my senior year in college, my last year to try to impress any people, with an 0-5 record. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the superstitions I always did. I never pitched without a dip. And to the point where we were playing against a team, finally, that our school and history had never beaten this other team. Mm-hmm. And he's like, screw it. Hey, come here, come here. Come over here. He called me to the uh, corner of the dugout and uh, opened up his briefcase mm-hmm. and said, here. And he had a can of dip that I dipped. <laughs> he went and purchased it, had it in his briefcase. He was hiding it in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Told me to get me one just big enough to know it was there. And that's what I did. And I beat that team twice that weekend. Mm-hmm. What was your record at the end of the season? Nine and five. Never lost a game after you started dipping again? Never lost another game. I started off 0-5, ended up 9-5. and Got like an all-tournament trophy when we played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I only got to play one game because we lost the other two that I didn't pitch. Mm-hmm. Had like 18 or 19 strikeouts that game. I mean, of course, the team we were playing was not one of the better teams. But Coach didn't want to risk us losing again mm-hmm. and me not getting to play at all. So he's like – and there's there's a mental preparation that you go through. You know, like the night before rituals and different things mm-hmm. like that and – game getting game ready and all this kind of stuff and it was about 45 minutes before the game started he came up to me and said hey i don't want to risk this can you pitch today and i went oh crap (laughs) (laughs) so i had to get ready really quick mentally and everything but it worked out so but yeah from zero and five to nine and five my senior year right we talked last time about uh sports superstitions and you know how prevalent they are. Uh, who's that guy that refused to jump over the base, or he jumped over the baseline? Every well, that's time? that's every pitcher you see in a game is going to do one of two things. When you if you watch if the camera stays on them long enough, when they're leaving the mound, every pitcher is going to do one of two things. Some of them their superstition is to jump over that dirt line. Some of them you will see them make sure they step right on the line. It's just. A preference thing. It's whatever they feel works for them. <laughs> Mine, my foot never touched that dirt. <laughs> I always hopped it every single time. Well, I, I can't. I saw a picture of this one pitcher, and I cannot remember the guy's name, but he caught so much air jumping over the baseline. You got to know who oh, I'm talking about. Gosh, dang it! I remember. I know. I can't think of his name, but yeah, he didn't like. He didn't just step over or hop over. It almost looked like he was trying out for the long jump competition in the Olympics. Right. Or in a high jump. He he got some air over it, but yeah. But there's just, like I said, every pitcher is going to do one of two things. They're either going to make sure they step on the line or they're they're not going to touch it at all. Yeah. And it's just, uh, and it's just like too, like that first game that I won, when I came into the dugout, uh, one of the freshmen that was on the team, 
he called at me. I said, yeah. He goes, here, toss me your glove. I'll put it over here for you. And that's what I did. I tossed him my glove and he handed me my jacket because I always kept the jacket over my throwing arm to kind of keep it warm. Mm-hmm. And I won that game. Every inning after that, <laughs> when I came into the dugout, I hopped the line, I tossed him my glove, he handed me my jacket. Every single time. <laughs> it never deviated. I mean, there was... Like, there was a game that he almost didn't go to with mm-hmm. us because he had a, a, fi- a, a some kind of test in one of his classes, and we were having to leave early. And our coach went to his professor and said, I need him to make this trip. Can he take his test tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And he, the, te- the professor ag- uh, allowed this guy to take his big exam like midterm exam or whatever the next day after everybody so he could be at the game so he wouldn't screw up my little thing i had going here (laughs) because i'm the one that told coach i was like oh you better go do something he's got to be there because this ain't happening without him he's all part of this now (laughs) but yep and it it kept going like i said i never lost again my senior year after that are there any other superstitions that you had that you that you kind of kept through high school or through college? Or oh gosh, well I had a certain necklace that I always wore. Mm-hmm. It was a gold necklace with a small Tasmanian devil on it, mm-hmm. and I can remember in one of my high school games, my senior year, because mm-hmm. I've been, I've been wearing this thing, I think since my sophomore year, and. I can remember being in a game, and I threw a pitch, and the necklace snapped and hit the dirt. Oh, no. And my mom knew immediately what had happened. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I let go of the pitch, the guy hit it. I didn't give a damn. I didn't care where it went. I wasn't paying attention to nothing. I was looking on the ground for this necklace. I was freaking out because it caught me off guard so bad I couldn't focus on anything else. And I picked it up, and I was just standing there looking at it. And I, could, I looked over at my mom in the stands, and she was like, crap and she like stuck her hand out so i like after the play was over and everything the inning was still not over i walked off the field over to the fence and handed this necklace to my mom and her and my aunt and somebody else did everything they could that they like they went and found some way to get this necklace back together Mm -hmm. so i could put it back on (laughs) i mean it was like a group effort they had they had this group of people over there working on this necklace to get it working (laughs) so they could get it back on me (laughs) But that was a big thing that I, I, another thing I had to have. Yeah. So, um, certain ways I walked up on the mound, certain ways we, the, the infielders would give me the ball back. I mean, there was all kinds of different little deals that we truly believed <laughs> <laughs> that helped us. Mm-hmm. And so when you find something like that, you don't deviate from it. Right. Now, granted, I didn't have the, oh, my lucky underwear or my lucky socks or crap right. like that. No, that's gross. I'm not, I'm going to wash my underwear. I don't care. Right. <laughs> but there were some people that would wear the same underwear for every game mm-hmm. and same undershirt or same something every single game. But that was my main one really was that necklace Mm -hmm. was with me for a long time now let me ask you a question talking about wearing the same article of clothing and it bringing you luck um 
in the movie Major League, the guy that steals bases, help me out. Can't Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes switches gloves every time he steals a base. No, he just bought a hundred gloves because he said he bought one for every base he was going to steal. Okay. So did he wear a different pair of gloves for every game or did he wear the same pair of gloves and then just tack up the unused gloves on his I wall? I think if I had to guess, because it didn't really go into that, but if I had to give my educated guess, I would say he wore those gloves or wore that one glove when he was running base until he stole a base. And then that glove was retired and he could put on a new one. Because you'll see a lot of these guys that wear batting gloves, right? Mm-hmm. When they get on base, they'll still wear gloves, but they change their gloves. Right, yeah, I've seen that. Because they'll wear gloves that's got more padding mm-hmm. to help prevent, if they get stepped on, from cleats going into their fingers. And it's a little bit stiffer, helping you know, keep from jamming their fingers too mm-hmm. bad. There's just different types of gloves that you wear. And so I'm assuming that that's what he would do is wear that glove, and once he stole his base... That glove is retired, and it's time to get a new one. So that wouldn't go against the superstition of wearing the same article of clothing to make sure that you... Well, that was his superstition, though. Was switching the glove. Was switching the glove. Okay. He thought, maybe he thought that each glove had one good stolen base in it, <laughs> and he, he used that glove up, and he had to get another one. Maybe it worked for him at one point, and he was like, oh, crap, i got to keep doing that now. Right. You know? So it's just... Like the bat flips that people do. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things that people do that they believe is their helpful deal. I mean, you, you'll see like fans that do that. I've heard of like these crazed like NFL fans that think they have to wear a certain shirt while they're sitting on their couch at home watching their favorite team play because oh, yeah, if they don't, that team's going to lose. And if that team loses, then everybody's going to be, it's because you wore the wrong shirt. Come on. <laughs> that's nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with it, but but you can't you can't tell a true believer. All right, you can't tell. They're not a little stitious. They're superstitious. They're superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> and I was. That's the only thing I've really been that superstitious about was just mostly my necklace mm-hmm. that I had. Well, I remember last week I had mentioned that one pitcher that had the two necklaces and he almost right. tucked one in and had one out. Right. And it was just funny watching him because it, it, you could tell it was that was part of his routine. Every time he did his wind up, you know, the, the necklaces would flip out of his out of his shirt. So he did his wind up, he did his follow through, and then as soon as he was back where the play was over and he could take a breath, the necklaces went back one one inside, one outside. And see, and that's only a. I believe that is only a an allowed thing in the majors. Because mm-hmm. when I was in the minors, if you had a necklace on, it had to stay inside your shirt. Mm-hmm. In college, high school, you couldn't have a flashy necklace plucking around. It had to be tucked in your shirt. Mm-hmm. But once you got in the majors, man, they can be all as flashy as they want, so I guess. I wonder, I wonder how that became... His superstition, because you know he had his own little necklace superstition coming up through high school, college, and minors, and then into the majors. Right. So I wonder how his specific superstition about the double necklace got into his repertoire once he It could have been something that someone purchased for him. Uh, maybe his wife, or his mother, or his father, or some figure in his life that he looked up to may have bought him that other necklace and he was wearing it to honor that person 
And know, it just happened to be when he it, had a really good game. And it, he had it on and he had a good game. He's like, all right, well, that's what's going to happen from now on now. Because <laughs> that changed my luck. You know, my luck changed when I got that other necklace. So I got to keep it now, you know. And that's just, and that's how every little superstition starts. You do something different because when you're in a slump, something's mm-hmm. not going right. You, you, you change, you work on mechanics. You, you mean, you work on all the fundamentals, but then when that's not working, you got to try something else. Mm-hmm. You got to try something to change it. I mean, it's like in a uh, bull Durham, there was this guy that was just in this horrible slump. And there was a Native American on their team that had this little necklace thing that he was like bouncing up and down on his, on his back mm-hmm. and saying some kind of Native American speech to it or prayer or something. And the guy was like, hang on, man, t- touch my back with that just once. I got to get find something to change my luck. And he's like, well, if you're not a believer, it doesn't. He's like, oh, come on. And when the guy looked off, he reached over and touched it with his bat. And he got a hit that next game. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, he ended up not doing any good anyway. After that, they ended up cutting him. But he did something different, and he had positive results from it. So he's going to continue doing that thing. So he, was going to, he would have continued to try to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's just... Like I said, when all else fails, you you, you change up routines mm-hmm. on what you do pregame. Because mm-hmm. like when I was telling you, like I had to get mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. I had a big mirror in my closet, and I would go through my motion and my mechanics every night in front of that mirror mm-hmm. to get it just right. And if it didn't look right, and I had to, it, what was bad? I got so bad at it, or, or good at it, or I don't know how you want to call it. But I had to get out of that mindset also because, like, when I was throwing in the bullpen, which is where you would go to really work on stuff, as I would go through my my wind-up or whatever, if something went off, I had the muscle memory down so much, I would stop. Oh, that's not a good thing to do. In the bullpen, right, until I'd get it right. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple times during the game I did that. Now, granted, if there's nobody on base and you stop partway through your wind-up, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. I mean, you can't do that once a guy gets on base because then you give him free bases and stuff like that. But it, it was, I would have to try to get myself out of that mindset once I got onto the field to not continue to, okay, if you don't go right, you just got to go with it. You know, <laughs> keep going. Don't stop. Got to keep going. Can't stop. That That's something that, that's always um, kind of fascinated me about baseball is the concept of the bulk. Right. Because it seems like the pitcher should be able to do whatever he needs to do to get the ball wherever he wants to send it. You know what I mean? And and I don't I guess I don't understand why it's necessary to have a rule about balking. It's deception. So? I mean you got to what you got to <laughs> I mean, think that's though. That's what I don't understand. I guess because wouldn't a From good... a hitter standpoint, that is probably one of the most difficult things to do in all sports, is to hit. Okay. Because you take any other sport, like a, a, a baseball player, if he fails seven out of ten times, he's an all-star. Yeah. You go find a wide receiver 
that drops seven out of ten passes in the NFL. They're not going to be a wide receiver very long. A running back that fumbles seven out of ten times when he carries a ball. Mm-hmm. A quarterback that only completes, only completes three out of ten passes. Right. A They're golfer not- that misses seven out of ten short putts mm-hmm. is not going to be very good. Uh, a hockey goalie that lets seven out of every ten shots at him score. Mm-hmm. Any other sport, seven out of ten, seven out of ten times you fail, you're not going to be in that sport. Mm-hmm. But in baseball, because it's so difficult to do, mm-hmm. I mean that's when you really like look up to people that play like Tony Gwynn, who probably had the best eye hand coordination when it comes to batting that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you've got such a split second. Where you have to decide how fast that ball is coming, you got to try to pick up the spin. Mm-hmm. You got to trick up. You got to pick up the speed, the spin, the location. Then decide if you're going to swing or not, mm-hmm. and if you are going to swing, where do you swing? How do you swing? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of crap you're having to decide that quick. And if you don't, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And so. We're talking split second decisions, yeah, milliseconds. I mean, you got a guy that's yeah, the the home plate and the mound are sixty feet six six inches away. Mm-hmm. But then when you get people like Randy Johnson, who's like six ten or something, by the time he let the ball go, he's only like fifty feet from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and at a hundred miles an hour, that's crazy trying to hit off of that. Right. I mean, there were a lot of people that got were scared to hit off of him because mm-hmm. he threw so hard, but he was wild too. I mean, then there was that one bird that was really scared to hit off of him. Oh, the the bird that he just de- disintegrated <laughs> during that game. That was that's still my favorite gif I've ever seen on the internet. You just see that bird flying by, and all of a sudden, just poof, <laughs> and everybody kind of standing there going, uh, "What just happened? Was that a bird?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he that that well. Like I say, if you're gonna die, you want to die quick. That that bird <laughs> never to... that bird never felt a thing. No. <laughs> it was flying, minding its own business, and then next thing you know, it was done. <laughs> it was gone. Poor bird did not survive that. I don't think. No. I didn't see the aftermath. No, I, I think you're correct. I think the bird pretty much disintegrated. I think they didn't find anything but a poof of feathers. But yeah, but it, it it's just such a difficult difficult thing to do. So basically, they're trying to level the playing field between, a little bit between the pitcher and and the batter, right? And also with the runners too. I mean, you can't jerk and stuff like that because it's just that whole deception thing. You're not. See, it would be to funny to me if the if the pitcher was out there going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, almost had it. That, that you know what right. I mean? Just that, that would be funny to me. But I, but I'm not. I, I didn't grow up playing sports, so I don't. You know. It's different for me than it is for you. Yeah, I mean, like, there's certain ways that you have to, if you're going to try to pick a player off, mm-hmm. certain ways you have to move your legs, your feet. If you don't, it's a balk. And I can remember my junior year in high school, we had this coach that was a, he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. He had no business coaching baseball. He was a former football coach. Why he got that job, <laughs> I don't know. Um tried to get me to do a pickoff move toward first in a way that if I would have done it, you're talking the laughing stock of the world. Okay. 
and I can't really explain it, but I argued with him for a while about this. And he's like, you need to do it. I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. There is no way in hell. I said, you can keep me out of the game if you want to, but I'm not doing that during the game. That's stupid. But eventually he, he lost out on that, and I never did it, but it would have been, been very bad. <laughs> it would have looked very stupid. I wish you could describe it. Like, what, what did he want you to do that was so different than okay. your normal motion? When a runner's on first base, a right-handed pitcher has his right foot on the rubber, left foot toward home, you know, and then he comes set, you know, getting ready to pitch. Right. You know, you'll pick your leg up, your left leg up, and right. you kick home. Well, if there is a runner on third, you can actually pick your foot up and kind of step toward third instead of stepping toward home. Mm-hmm. But you have to be at a certain angle you can't go past. If you go past that, it's a balk. You're, you're moving too far toward home. Mm-hmm. And you can make that throw to third base, right? Mm-hmm. But what he was wanting me to do, instead of picking my left leg up and like going toward third, bringing my left leg up and back behind me to throw straight to first base that way. <clears throat> and like I said, it's hard to, to describe, but I was just like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> he's, and he's like, well, as long as your first motion is toward first, I was like, no, no, no. Get out of here, football guy. <laughs> I mean, it, he was so bad about it, about that and everything else. Uh me and a couple other guys that had been on varsity since our freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, after our junior year was over. Now, our rival school in our district was just right down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, a few miles down the road. Uh, we went up to the school, talked to the athletic director and some of the school board members that we had. Our, we told the athletic director to have people there. Right. We had a very serious conversation we need to have with them. <coughs> And we, the three of us, went up to them and told them, look, this rival school, that's where we're all three going next year if he's still here. Right. He completely ruined my junior year. Oh, goodness. Um, and we told them that if he was back, all three of us were either not playing or even worse, we were going to go to the rivals. We were going to move. And go to the rival school. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where I played summer leagues with a lot of these guys from that other school. Mm-hmm. They're one of the guys' dads had already found us a place to move to. That's how serious we were about it. And right. I even told them that. So we've already got a house picked out. We're getting ready to pack. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, I got a call from the athletic director. I said, "Hey, get in touch with the other two guys. I need y'all to come up here." We're like, "Okay." So I got in touch with them. We all went up there and said, "What's up?" So I just want you to meet your new baseball coach. <laughs> it took them two weeks to get rid of him and get somebody else hired. Yeah. Well, they knew what they had. I mean, if he was if he was not able to coach properly and he had dissent in the ranks, I suppose, yeah. morale was low, uh, people were not playing that they needed to play, uh, people were getting injured. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn, wanted, Vaughn got injured in high school. He wanted me to throw batting practice one day, and it was like 30-something degrees outside. And I said, you know what, that's fine. I don't mind. All right, let me go get warmed up. And, you know, because we got out there to the field, and he said, all right, we'll go get warmed up. Let's, we're going to throw batting practice. And I said, okay. I was out there, did my little normal running and stretching, started my short tossing, getting ready, and I threw a ball about four times. 
And if anybody has ever pitched before, knows that you do not get warm that quick. It takes some time, especially when it's cold. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, go throw. I'm like, I can't, I'm not warm yet. And he's like, I'm so tired of y'all being sissies. You need to just get up there and do it. So I did it, like an idiot. When it gets my better judgment, I knew better. About the third throw destroyed my ulnar nerve in my elbow. Mm-hmm. I was done. I couldn't throw a foot. I couldn't throw a baseball ten yards after that. Mm-hmm. And so I did not pitch. And this was before the season even started. Mm-hmm. So I did not pitch a single game my junior year. I couldn't throw. And then that it finally started getting better. Uh, towards the end of the year and right about time summer league started but that was my main thing at that time was pitching Mm -hmm. and the summer league coaches got pissed off at me because I refused to pitch Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm not doing it like what we need you I said I don't care I'm not doing it said I am not going to risk screwing up my senior year too won't Mm -hmm. happen and which really made me mad, too, because they still called me up, said I made the all-star team. I'm like, for what? <laughs> well, as a pitcher, I was like, I didn't pitch. But we know you can. But, okay, but you put me on the all-star team, and I'm still the same thing. I'm not going to pitch. My hitting and my fielding sure didn't get me on the all-star team because I wasn't that good at that anymore because I'd spent so much time just concentrating on pitching. Right. But I, I wouldn't do it. And so I told them, I said, no, you need to call somebody else that deserved it. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. I refused to accept it. You know, so I got a lot of rest that summer. Uh, did my long toss like I normally do, which that was one of the best things I'd ever done in my life was somebody told me about long tossing, throwing mm-hmm. baseballs as far as you can just to get your arm strength up. One summer I gained like, I went from throwing 83, 84 up to about 92 in one summer. Wow. Just long tossing out in the field. I'd go out to the baseball field, get a bucket of balls, throw them against the fence behind home plate to get warm. Then I'd start throwing them all towards center. Mm-hmm. And I'd go out there and pick them up, put them in the bucket, throw them back home. I'd do that like twice. Mm-hmm. And I did that almost every single day. And so, but anyway, we got rid of him. Got it. We had a really good coach my senior year. And I said, I don't know if it's just bad luck or good luck to get so many different styles of coaching, but that bad coach that we had. Right. I had him my sophomore and my junior in high school. And from the time I got into high school, that was the only time I had a coach, the same head coach two years in a row. Because mm-hmm. we had one head coach my sophomore freshman year on varsity. Mm-hmm. And we had this guy my junior and senior year. My, I'm sorry, sophomore and junior year. Then we got a new coach my senior year. Then I got into college. Uh, my first year at the junior college I went to was our head coach's last final season. He retired after that. So then I had a different coach my my sophomore year, and that coach is actually still there. Okay. And then I went to a four-year school after that for my junior year, of course, another new head coach. That was his last year. (laughs) So I got a different head coach my senior year. And that's when I actually learned, because before that, I was just a pitcher. I mean, I was a thrower. Uh, It was, I could throw it right past most people, and that's all I worry about. Right. I didn't really have my first pitching coach, true pitching coach, until I got into college. Right. And that's when I started actually learning how to pitch. Okay, so we are going over time this oh, week. Oh, crap. I'm and sorry. I, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I love it when you tell these stories. So next week, 
we're going to focus on baseball stories because people love listening to you talk about baseball. You love talking about baseball. I love listening to you talk about baseball. <laughs> so that's what we're going to focus on next week is baseball and sports stories. That reminds me. I've got somebody that I'm going to try to get in touch with, a cousin of mine. Okay. I'm going to see if I can get him to oh, do a podcast with Oh, he needs us. to come over here. Because he, he and I grew up together. Playing baseball together. Playing baseball. He could tell you about super... Oh, gosh. He could tell you about all kinds of superstitions and different things that happen during sports and different things. I mean, it's just... Because he, he experienced a lot of things that I experienced because we always played together. Right. You know, and how we screwed over all the other teams in Summer League one year. <laughs> well, we will definitely get him over here. Give him a call tonight, in fact, and I'll see if we can get him, get him over it. here. Because it would be great if we could have him here next week, and that's all we talked about is just baseball yeah. all next week. Because those have been some of our highest-rated shows when we talk about sports. So uh, this may end up being a sports podcast. Who knows? So He, he would uh, have plenty of stories he could tell. Because, like I said, he, he was right there with me and experienced every one of them with me. Because we... From the time I first started playing organized baseball, he was there. That's awesome. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and shut it down this week. We have talked about a lot of stuff. Um, I've had fun here. Yes, always. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter, um, Cricket Shay on Twitter, um, The Shay's Lounge on Twitter and Instagram. We still have not set up Vaughn with his And we Twitter. say at the end of every podcast that, that we're, we're gonna going to do it and to, we never do. And so. we never do, but today we're doing it. Today Maybe. we are setting you up. I got some stuff up. I got to do before I go to work. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. We're, this is one of the things we're working on. So, uh, anyway, hit us up. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And uh, we will see you next week. See we you love ne- you. See you next time. <laughs>